Welcome to the Save by Nostalgia podcast, Clint Schweitzer, alongside Noah Groniger. And it's finally here, Noah. It's Saved by the Bell meets Clue. It's the Mystery Weekend episode of Saved by the Bell. As we are nearing the end of Season 3 here, we are about to dive into the Malibu Sands Beach episodes, which we saved for the end. Perfect for uh, school getting out, although for most schools around the country, that happened back in March. But as we hear near the spring and summer months, we're going to be taking you through the Malibu Sands Beach episodes to sort of put a cap on Season 3 as we uh, go off into Season 4 and then the college years here on Say by Nostalgia. Noah, this episode is so influential that it actually influenced me as a young kid to uh, develop my own version of the game at my own house. We had a babysitter named Lydia and she would put clues all over the house. My sister Kylie and I would try to find them and solve the mystery of who is the murderer. We didn't need a, uh, a board game. We didn't need clue. We had Saved by the Bell murder mystery and I'm fired up. I am as well. And I did need the game clue. I remember playing it at the pool. I remember playing this with my friends, with my family. I loved the game. I, was it Professor Plum in the study with the wrench? I don't know. We've got to figure it out. But welcome to a weekend of mystery and murder. This is Knockwood Manor, a giant palatial estate and mansion. And your host is Stephen Jameson III. Apparently, Lisa won a contest on the radio. And here we are. Well, I'm glad you said that. Um, Stephen Jameson III welcomes them to Knockwood Manor. And Zach Morris responds with one of my favorite lines of the entire show, which is, I am your guest, Zach Morris, the only. <laughs> the way you said it, so dry and sarcastic. It's great. It just You feel like, wow, you're, you've, this season has done such a great job of putting the gang in alternate environments. You've seen them in the mall. We've been to the beach on cut day, which we just covered in our archives. Uh, you've seen them at the attic. You've seen them as a band in Rockumentary. This is just another way, I think, of getting the gang kind of in a different environment so that you sort of associate them with more than just the halls of Bayside. This is great opening. We're in a mansion. Like, I'm all in from the beginning of this one. Oh, 100%. I mean, like you talked about, this whole season they've been putting them in new locations. And it's kind of interesting to think about why they did that. Was it just like they thought the school was getting stale? They wanted something else. They wanted something else for the fans to watch and uh, people were getting bored of them just at the school all the time. And they just was like, we need to put these guys in new locations, different scenarios. And man, they hit it out of the park so many times with the mall, with Rockumentary, and now here with Mystery Weekend. I mean, these episodes just stand out in your mind because they are away from the school. They're doing something new. They're meeting Mademoiselle Fifi, a.k.a. Jeanette. Uh, <laughs> I just I love all of it. Yeah, I do too. Even the idea of they're, they're ordering drinks and Lisa's getting a mango tonic with a kiwi tryst. She says she's not going to drink it. It just matches her outfit. Um, and then we meet the piano player who says that uh, he would play the Minute Waltz in 30 seconds for Jesse. Um, and then Victor uh, takes a drink from Stephen Jameson III and, and croaks. So you have already like a murder happens pretty much immediately as this, uh, Victor's the piano player. He uh, is given a drink. Who is who made the drink? Who is it meant for? That's who the murderer is going to be. And Zach is already trying to solve this thing uh, right away. The murder has happened, and we are off and running here. We are, and whoever solves the mystery wins $500, we need to mention. So there's some cash prize here. Suspect everyone and trust to no one. And when the pianist dies, Slater says he grabbed his throat before he died. Uh, trying to figure it out, and Screech says, oh, he strangled himself. 
And so we've got to mention that this is maybe the perfect spot for Screech to add his just weirdness and crazy anecdotes. And it's actually funny. In this setting, it's funny. When he's at school, he's a moron. He ruins the show. But in, he's this is perfect setting for Screech Powers. It really is. I think that uh, this is the episode for him. We talked about Peter Engel saying that Dustin Diamond was a comedic genius. Well, in this episode, he kind of is. He's not just the bumbling buffoon. I mean, he still is that, but he uh, it actually relates to the material a little better. So um, the maid, Mademoiselle Fifi, a.k.a. Uh, Jeanette comes into the guy's room to turn down the beds and fluff the pillows. <laughs> I have a horrible French accent, and I apologize. I'm enjoying um, it. Slater said there's nothing like a good murder to bring out his appetite as we gather around for dinner. Uh, Screech comes out dressed as Sherlock Screech. Uh, he said he was thrown at first, but knows who did it. The stable boy. But there are no stables, so Screech, still a bumbling idiot. It is confirmed. And, oh, uh, then the dog lied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jameson says dinner is about to be served, but before that, Zach says he knows who the killer is. The person that poisoned the drink is the person that served it. And Noah, the butler did it. The butler comes in saying, dinner is served, <laughs> and then falls over with a knife in his back. And then Jameson has a great line, care to take another stab at it? Let's just halt right there for a minute, because like, what all this has led up to is just great stuff to me. Like this is so well written and like, I'm I really dialed into the, to the idea of this, like, and you're picturing this being, you know, the episode's called mystery weekend. Like this is a weekend, the gang's all together away from Bayside and all this is unfolding. Like I just, I, I go way, I, my mind delves way too deep into what's actually happening here, but the gang's spending a weekend together at this place. And with these well-written scenes, I'm just like, this, this is just tremendous. This is one of my favorite episodes. I say that about all of them, but this yes. really is. I love this episode. I can't hide it. I know. I, we're supposed to wait for the end, Clint, and you gave it away. You already gave your two thumbs up early. <laughs> I <but> did. <laughs> you did. But just going back to when the maid comes in to turn down the guy's rooms, the maid's all over Zach, and the butler comes in and says, dinner will be served shortly, but I see you're already having dessert. And she goes, oh, poof. He goes, why must you torture me so? And I just love that. I love all the lines in this. It's just hitting on every single aspect. It's firing on all cylinders. So I'm going to just shoot it too early as well and say this is also one of my favorite episodes. Two thumbs up. We're telling you early. You don't have to wait till the end of the episode, but you've got to listen to the rest of this because there's just so many great things ahead. Including Inspector Piccadilly, who has come to investigate these crimes, quote unquote, from the yard. That's got to be some kind of a British saying. Uh, where were you when the butler was stabbed? Screech confesses. Screech confesses to the murder. Okay, I did it. And Zach calls Screech a twink, which upon investigation is sort of a slang homophobic term. So um, for that YouTube series, Zach Morris is trash. I guess we have some more material for them. We do. They will pay us a residual when they do that episode, and uh, they use that uh, line of thinking. So I'm ready for the check to come in the mail. But the lights go out on this inspector, this detective, and the detective falls down with arrows in his back. And Mrs. Bankhead shouts out, my necklace is gone. And everyone's uh, Mr. Jameson saying, wait, that's not part of the game. And then an axe falls out of the suit of armor's hands, falls, almost kills Mr. Jameson. But Lisa saves him, pushes him out of the way, and he says, that's not a part of the game either. 
And he says he's going to have to end the game. He's going to give Lisa and Zach vouchers for another weekend because things have gone awry. Yeah, at this point, like, aren't you just thinking, like, what is happening here? This is ridiculous. Like, how could there be something going wrong? This is a mystery weekend. They do this all the time. I, what could possibly be going on here? And I just feel like that, I don't know, I'd be questioning what's going on. But getting out alive is more important than the prize money. Zach tried to claim the prize money. <laughs> uh, so Zach goes to Jameson's office for the vouchers and finds his office destroyed. He thinks someone was after the prize money and the lights then go out and Jameson is missing. So at that point too, wouldn't you realize that like, okay, the game's still obviously going on here. Jameson, the lights go out. It's in effect. He's missing. But no, we continue on with this charade of a real crime going on. Yeah, no, Zach's completely buying into it. There's a real crime happening. Uh, someone's taken advantage of this and that it's a mystery weekend and there's a fake crime that they got to figure out and someone has taken advantage to actually start murdering people. And uh, when the lights go out and Jameson's gone, there's a giant scream heard. The lights come back on and Zach can't find him anywhere and he goes, oh boy. Then everyone just runs into the room and start accusing Zach of being a murderer. <laughs> they... Uh, they open up the envelope that Zach said had vouchers in it, but no, it's the prize money. And Mademoiselle Fifi, a.k.a. Jeanette, says, <laughs> you're a thief and a murderer. <laughs> and she's going to call the real police, which is just rich. Uh, and the two police officers are now there. One of them, I'm sorry to say, is clearly Mr. Jameson dressed as a woman. You gave it away. <laughs> the other is clearly the butler with a gray beard on. Aww. But they're the two real police. And uh, they ask, they want to know, as they're trying to investigate Zach, they want to know what kind of a person Zach is. And his friends are going to stand up and vouch for him here. Let's just hear what they have to say. I am not a crook. Why don't you just ask my friends? All right, we will. Just what kind of a person is Zach Morris? Well, he's the most honest person I know. Well, unless you count the time that he sold fake IDs at school. But his mom granted him for that. Zach's never really done anything wrong. Except the time he kind of, sort of stole our principal's car. But he gave it back. I know Zach pretty well. And the last thing he would do is steal. Although, you know, there was that one time where he kidnapped Valley's mascot, but they deserved it. Zach's my best friend. I've written down everything we've done together. Let's see. September 12th, 1986. Hey, that was the day he tied me to the roller coaster tracks. Remember that one? Zach! Oh, yeah, you're a real sweetheart. Forgery, grand theft auto, kidnapping. Oh, and don't forget attempted murder. Yeah, as soon as I get out of jail, I'm going to murder you. Well, not very high marks for Zach. This investigation could take a turn for the worse for Zach Morris. It could. I mean, they're talking about the fake IDs, stealing the principal's car. And then I've got a huge problem here with Slater trying to get away with this, throwing Zach under the butt. Last thing he would do is steal. I mean, he did kidnap Valley's mascot, but they deserved it. I'm sorry, Slater. You were a part of that. So maybe you're the murderer. Like, he's, oh, Zach stole the mat. No, Slater, you were a part of that. I watched the episode, and you're trying to pin it all on Zach. So I think Slater's the murderer. If there's any murder here, it's Slater. Hey, I have a huge problem they, with him. They did bring up real events that actually happened, which usually in these moments of Saved by the Bell, they're talking about moments that you didn't actually see on screen. This is actually things that happened, like stealing Belding's car and returning it. Most of it, that was the Eric Tramer 
where they, you know, let Eric uh, drive it, and then Lisa gets in a wreck in it. So they're they're calling out moments. Uh, Except for Screech the, saying that he was tied to the roller coaster tracks by Zach. We didn't see that. I would have loved uh, that. That was in a deleted episode, I guess. Um, <laughs> but they were off to find Lisa now, who is missing from her room. Uh, they find Mrs. Bankhead's necklace just sitting there on Zach's bed, and she blasts him in the face with her purse. Um, <laughs> he also has a watch in his pocket. He's being framed. It's like every little thing that could go wrong is going wrong. Like, oh, what's that in your pocket? Oh, dang, it's, it's, a, it's a watch. How did that get there? <laughs> Clearly some good framing going on here, but Zach is just like, looks like he has nowhere to turn. Like nobody believes him, and he's just going to go to jail, I guess. Yeah, and Kelly says, Zach, if you go to jail, I'll visit you every Sunday. (laughs) Okay, like uh, you're just accusing me. You you think I've done this? And so the detective is going to lock everyone in their rooms and out. And Screech does not want to be locked in a room with Zach because he's a murderer. But Slater promises to be his protector, which I thought was nice. And then Zach's like, guys, we got to find Lisa. We got to figure out how she got out of this room. And I like the moment when Slater and Screech turn to each other and they go, we... Like, we're not a part of this. This is your thing. You're the murderer. And Zach's trying to figure it out. Slater mentions, well, maybe there's a secret passage. And Screech says, oh, like if I turn this candle here, the wall's going to open up, <laughs> which is great. And then the wall does open up. So Screech has just really found his home. He should never leave this mansion. He fits right in with Mystery Weekend. He should work here. Well, things get really topsy-turvy now because they follow the passage, which goes down to Jameson's office. They find Lisa's drink, the mango tonic with the kiwi twist, and Zach is ready to solve the mystery. Um, Maybe just one more game, Zach says, and Screech suggests, let's play Monopoly. I get the thimble. So Screech (laughs) is so in his element here. You're right. Great stuff. Yes, I am loving Screech in this. Normally, I just despise the character of Samuel Screech Powers in most senses. Not every sense. He has his moments. But in this, he's just firing at all cylinders. Every line coming out of him is gold. And I, if this is all that Peter Engel remembers this one episode, then I agree with him that he is a comedic genius. But Zach gathers everyone together, like you said, to tell them something, to prove he's innocent, and to play this one last game. And he says... Lisa was the accomplice that planted the watch and the necklace because Mr. Jameson couldn't have killed someone and stolen the necklace and planted all this. He had to have accomplices. Lisa was one of those, and only Lisa Turtle drinks a mango tonic with a kiwi twist. Then there was lipstick on the glass and the cigarette, so either Jameson gave the other woman a cigarette or Jameson is the other woman, as Zach pulls off the lady detective's wig to reveal that it is Mr. Jameson. He figured out that the game never stopped. And Screech says, not so fast. He'll take it from here. And Slater says, there's nothing left to figure out, dork. But (laughs) there was one more thing to figure out because, yes, Screech was right. The butler did it. And the butler is revealed to be the other cop. He takes off his beard and says, you rang, sir. (laughs) So the question is, with all that you described and the twists and turns of this story, is it too complicated for a story for an episode like this? It's like they had to pretend like the game was ending and set up Zach to really be a real murderer and a thief. And what would have happened if someone actually did call the real police? And I don't know, it just got a little convoluted with uh, Mr. Jameson being the killer, but dressing as a woman and Lisa being in on it, she's the radio winner. So I guess, it stands to reason, but how do, how do you feel about this whole story unraveling? 
there is a lot going on, but I just watching it back, like I love everything they did. It made it more interesting. It made it more mysterious. It made it more, uh, it, it did make it more convoluted, but I like that in a sense of like, you don't know what's actually happening here. There's a lot, is, Lisa's in on that. What? And the, they're dressing as other people, a woman and a, co- a man detective. And uh, is there a real murder going on? Is there not? I will we'll say for note taking purposes, I did not enjoy it uh, because like you said, it is convoluted. There's so much going on. There's twists and turns and topsy turvy. And there's just so much to break down and go through here and figure out who's the killer, who's not, what's going on. But then at the end, Screech says he's just got it. Screech has to be a part of this. He's in his element. Something else has to be figured out, and I'm going to be the one to do it. Let's see who you are, Mademoiselle, and pulls the maid's wig, and it doesn't come off. Oops. And they start chasing each other around the piano and just around the room and scene, and the episode ends, and it's just, I love everything about it. It could not have been done better. Just the feel of the episode, everything that's going on, Zach being portrayed as a murderer, calling the cops, Lisa with the mango twist. I just loved everything. Is this a top five episode for you? Because as we look around and we've done some really good work, I think, on this season, we've interviewed people like Patrick Muldoon as Jeff Hunter and delved into The Last Dance and Zach and Kelly's breakup and some really important moments. We just had Eddie Garcia on and talked about Johnny Dakota and No Hope with Dope and the importance of that. In the end, this episode is just such a fun little thrill ride when you're not really expecting it that I think this has to inch its way into the top five for me of all time. I I mean, this is so memorable. I remember it as a kid. It, It influenced me into being creative myself and creating a similar game with my sister in our house. Like that's really powerful stuff to ignite the imagination of a, of a kid like that when you're so invested in these characters and yet you see them in this environment that's so different than what you're used to. Like I, I love this episode. It's a top five one for me. I think if anyone says it's not in their top five, they have to be lying or they need to reevaluate themselves and their life and their purpose and the meaning of their existence because this is a top five episode. You want to know why for a very simple reason. One thing that hurts is that Mr. Belding's not there. I love him. But no person in this episode is brutal. No one makes you just go, oh. And usually that's Screech. And we already have talked about numerous times. And we'll continue talking about it because he is great in this. He's comedic gold in this episode. Kelly's not brutal. Lisa's not. Jesse's not being insufferable. No one is awful in this episode. You're never sighing. You're never going, oh, get off the screen like you are sometimes with Jesse being insufferable or Slater and Jesse fighting or Kelly being an airhead or Lisa being boring or Screech being just a nincompoop. Everyone is just firing on all cylinders. I love this episode so much. Yes, and I hope that you love what we've been doing here on Save by Nostalgia as we are now heading towards the end. We are in the home stretch of season three. In fact, According to the DVD sets, um, what we're about to do, the Malibu Sands uh, beach episodes are really uh, their own season, season four. But, you know, we're going to pack them right in here with season three because there's only six episodes. And to me, come on, it doesn't really constitute an entire season, although it is a standalone as far as the, the subject matter and the location. So we can't wait to do that. School is getting out across the country, although it really ended uh, <laughs> what this past uh, March. But um, it's the spring and summer months, so what better way to do it than to cap off Season 3 in the Malibu Sands episodes? I'm excited to tackle that coming up. Do you have as warm and fuzzy memories about Malibu Sands as I do? 
I do. Stacy and Leon Carosi and Zach's battle with Leon. And who can forget Craig Strand? It's all coming up, so be sure you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, any way you choose to take in the show. We always appreciate you leaving a star rating and um, letting us know how you feel. Leave us the feedback as well. It's how we are able to keep going here, keep getting these great guests, doing these interviews that we've been doing with a lot of the cast members. We have some big ones coming up, including... Leanna Creel, who played Tori. That's coming up in season five. Can't wait to get there. But your money continues to stay and play with us right here on the Save by Nostalgia podcast.